yak babies, sex, presidents, and sometimes books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Sinise's Pieces, Eaten by the Handful. My name is Aaron, my personal pals, Dave. Morning, boys. Good, right. And then we have Brick. Hello. Hi. And of course, we have young American Nico. It's me. Is that, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new trend, is just say me. <laughs> Present. <laughs> We're doing Yak Babies Roll Call. We are, in this episode, talking about horror literature and returning to our sort of micro-series of going through different genres and categories and picking out our faves and kind of doing a roundup discussion there. We've done a couple. We've done sci-fi. We did 19th, 20th, and 21st century. We did a couple others, too. So now it's our horror discussion because it is a horror month. Notice I'm pronouncing horror specifically to avoid previous communications <laughs> that this topic is National caused. Horror Month. <laughs> That's the other 11. <laughs> so I want to start with Dave on this one. Dave, uh, what would you consider to be like a, a favorite horror book or story even? Well, you know, I really love me some gothic horror. I mean, you know, I guess a lot of gothic literature maybe isn't necessarily horror. Mm-hmm. So I guess sometimes class just classified as its own thing. But I think for horror, that's kind of my sweet spot is, you know, books like Jekyll and Hyde. I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera is really good. You know, Brick is going to talk about Frankenstein, I'm sure. Mysteries of Udolpho, which you've definitely read. <laughs> Mysteries of Udolpho, uh, again and again. <laughs> you know, there's an American writer named Charles Brockton Brown, who I've talked about a few times, one of America's first novelists, if not first. Mm-hmm. And he he did a lot of stuff similar to that, including a book called Edgar Huntley that I like a lot. Hmm. I'm sure I'm missing plenty, but yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's where I'm at. Classics. I've read a few works of contemporary horror and it just, it doesn't work for me. There's a very popular writer, shit, whose name is totally escaping me now. And I read one of his when I was visiting Nico in Sligo. Stephen Graham Jones? No, I do like him a lot, okay. but I haven't read any of his horror novels. I'm sure I would enjoy them. Play the girl from Ibanema Music for one second. Dude. All right, so Dude. let me ask you guys, because like horror is not one of my genres i don't i don't get mm. it so like what what do you like about horror books books specifically because i feel like yeah i mean the answer is a lot different with movies and a lot easier i think with movies books specifically I, i'm closer to dave where i really want i love gothic fiction I, I want i want books to be sort of creepy and uh so like poe right Ed, edgar Allan poe hp mm. lovecraft mm. i've had a hard time you know i've read a lot of both i've had a hard time getting into the like eldritchy lovecraft books they're a little too maybe slow for me but i do have a couple of his collections a lot of the short stories are good really that setting like really mm-hmm. focusing on on setting and atmosphere really w- works well for me i'm not the biggest stephen king fan but i read him a bunch when i was a kid i'm currently as mentioning off air reading it right now and i'm i'm, mm. I'm loving it it's not what i remembered because I, I read it when I was a kid, and then I've seen the movies countless times, so it's really just the memories live in my brain. I mean, the movies just live in my brain. Mm-hmm. And the like, the clown isn't in it all that much. Right. It's, mm. it's in there, but really it is a novel about a town through multiple generations. And, and I'm really 
enjoying it. Uh, we'll see when I get to the second half when I think it's going to pivot more towards the characters again if I if I hang in there. But it's like this this novel of this fictionalized main town, and it's so he does such a good job of capturing like a town that was thriving in the '50s and and falling apart in the '80s. And so that that sort of aesthetic is what I really want in horror for the most part. And then hmm. I also like when horror like that, I like when the elements show up in things that aren't maybe strictly, like I don't want to read a slasher novel. You know what I mean? Like I want to watch those movies, but I want, but that the library at Mount Char, I would call that a horror book, Okay. Hmm. you know? And, and I really liked that book because it had, it just had some like really fucked up shit in it, but it wasn't, that wasn't the point of it. Right. And so I, I like when they, those elements are kind of brought into something else. For, for the more modern yeah that makes sense i like nico i'm not it's not my go-to genre literary literary genre i like horror a lot in movies and stuff but don't often go to it in books but the stuff that i like especially recently have liked a lot is shirley jackson's short mm. stories um mm. you know a prominent horror writer getting a lot of traction these days there have been some high profile adaptations of her work and also a biopic of her recently her short stories are awesome and they have this feeling of dread which is what i really like there's a story mm-hmm. i can't remember the name of the story now but where it's basically a woman trying to find someone she was supposed to meet like a a, a lover basically and just like can't find the guy and is like looking all over for him and she's sort of like haunted by the disappearance and like the unknowability of it all, which is what really like, gets me. So that kind of stuff is what I like. I don't like it. Probably not gonna be scared by like a monster or even like a particularly gory book, but anything sort of like existential like that will get me because it just feels eerie. There's a story of hers I like called I think the party about a house party, like a bunch of drunken adults, whatever, and then one of the adults stumbles into the kitchen and the teenage daughter of the host couple is there like reading a book and or like she gets a glass of water or something like that. And the the guest is trying to talk to her through his like drunken haze and like trying to be like, you know, affable, you know, uncle type essentially like kind of like mild flirtation, but also just sort of being like, Oh, what are you doing here? Whatever. And she's like very, she's like super smart and like way ahead of him. And they have this like strange debate about the end of the world, basically, which is obviously coming from nuclear fear, but it reads really well now as a climate change thing unintentionally but it's terrifying i think because it just like it just mounts this this sense of like dread inevitability of the end and this like drunk guy who can't even process it and then the story it's pretty quick it's like maybe two or three pages when he end when it ends the little girl goes back to bed and the guy goes back to the party and talks to the parents and was like your daughter's kind of fucked up right and they're like oh yeah you know kids these days that's it it's just this like dismissiveness about the end that really scares me and when i teach it I ask my students, like, is this a horror story? Or in what ways is maybe this a horror story? And a lot of them maybe don't agree with me, uh, but some of them do. And they sort of kind of touch on the same things, which is like, oh, it just makes you feel like really uncomfortable and and upset in ways you can't quite define, which is what I, I, I like about horror literature. Is Beloved a horror story? It's a ghost story. It's horrifying. I don't know if it's a horror story. I'd say sure. Yeah, I guess, well, yeah. I do like ghost stories. Yeah. Turn of the Screw is one of my favorites. Sure. It's very good. Again, I, like Dave, I... I gravitate towards the older stuff. Yeah. 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 So Dave, do you find what you were looking for? Yeah. Paul Tremblay is the dude's okay. name. Kind of one of the more popular horror writers. Okay. But I read one of his and just did not enjoy it. I didn't find anything <laughs> in it that I usually look for in that kind of thing. Particularly Aaron, like you said, the dread, like creeping dread um, right. atmosphere that you get from those like Victorian era. Or, okay. You know, some earlier, some later. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, and that's in the Lovecraft. That's my thing. Although, you know, like, 
the scariest book I've ever written, like just straight, like scared the shit out of me was when I was a kid and I read Pet Cemetery. Right. Which, you know, but that's the kind of thing, like I'm not, it's not going to have that effect on me now at, you know, 45 years old as it did when I was, you know, 13 or 15 or whatever. Like I'm not going to be scared by it and I'll see like, you know, the, the tricks in it maybe and the, you know, it's always kind of weird to revisit King because of all the... <laughs> You know, problematic. Weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, the scariest thing I ever read was also Stephen King. It was The Boogeyman, the story in uh, the Night Shift, I think, or maybe Skeleton Crew. One of the one of the short story collections. It's becoming a movie that's coming out soon that I'm not convinced is going to be good. But hmm. curious. It's yeah. a Very scary yeah. story. It was pretty short. Yeah, I think for me, for me, the problem with horror is that it tends to have a lack of complications and it tends to to dwell on on things for too long for me like so that sense of mm. dread that you guys are talking about like to to me that starts to feel boring pretty quickly and it's like mm. okay yeah i get it i get it all right let's see what what actually happens though and you know and then horror books tend to go very slowly into that next scene and you know it's like they're walking down the hall they're like turning the doorknob or whatever and i'm like all right mm-hmm. hurry it up um, you want the action yeah i do i do really like when it doesn't feel that way and when it would when it feels like brick was saying like library of mount char has those that that kind of looming things but like enough mm-hmm. is happening that the looming dread is is not completely they he doesn't make a meal of it in the same way that a lot of a lot of horror books do right nico you really liked that latonya mcqueen book when the reckoning comes you consider that a horror novel yeah and what worked for you with that one that doesn't for others uh yeah i did i i so i thought that the real world relevance i think was 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 it for me so it was like it was the the horror was from the the slaves who had been killed at this plantation and all of the shit that had happened to them and then that was the the looming horror over like the living white people who had profited off that and that that kind of i guess deeper meaning maybe or like kind of righteousness maybe gave it more more umph than a lot of you know horror like you know, oh yeah, we, you know, like a, a a horror story where you know you kill your grandfather or whatever, and then he comes back to haunt you. It doesn't have that much relevance to me, but where there's like a slave plantation that has so much depth, I guess, or whatever, that hit me harder than a normal horror, horror book. I think. Right. Yeah, a slave plantation that was being used currently still for profit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Any others to, to list out? Anything come to mind? Yeah, another one kind of like Library of Mount Char that's not maybe categorized as horror or, or at least sells itself as. I don't I don't think. Did anyone ever read House of Leaves? No. Mark Danielewski is like 20 years ago. Danielewski. Danielewski. Did you read that? Yeah. No. No. Mm-mm. It's pretty It's about this. Seeing it, but yeah. Yeah, they've, they've, the, the, the book's about this. I think it's a couple or a family or whatever. They find there's like this hole in their house and then it it just has no end and they're like exploring it and they just there's it's kind of there's a twilight zone episode that's pretty similar where this girl gets lost in the wall and, and it's kind of like that and then the book starts playing with form a little bit to to kind of replicate some of that stuff that, that's a pretty good one that i like quite a bit or at least i liked when i read i read it since then but and then aaron what about horror comics is that something you 
you enjoy it all? Yeah, you know, the old EC horror books like Tales from the Crypt and, and all those kinds of books are really fun. They're written in an older mode, and so you often are wading through a lot more a dialogue and captions than you expect from a, a contemporary comic. But the payoffs are great. I mean, there's a reason why that stuff basically shaped Stephen King's brain and like, right. you know, George Romero and all those people like were like completely affected by it because they're so good. It has that. But they're fun, right? They're not scary. I mean, they, they can be horrifying for yeah. sure, but they're definitely, it has that ironic punishment twist thing where it's like, mm-hmm. these are bad people who are being punished for being shitheads. Yep. And so you have the, the glee of like, you know, seeing, you know, a philander or whatever, like get their comeuppance, whatever. Um, okay. And they all have the framing devices of the various, you know, the Crypt Keeper and all the sort of characters who were the narrators essentially have a little bit at the beginning and end where they do the, you know, little funny joke, whatever, to make it seem, you know, like all like, it was just a story. It's fine. But they are super fun and they're worth tracking down. There's tons of collections out there. I loved that and Simon and Kirby horror collection. I think we did some of them for Comics Club way yeah, early on. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. That was a great time. It was in that same. It didn't have the framing device of someone like the Crypt Keeper, but it had. They had that same kind of structure. It was yeah, really good. I was reading a contemporary horror comic a while back. That was like about like a woman who's like a. She's like an online sex worker, like dominatrix, but her like, it's like a almost like a snuff film kind of thing. But then she was also there was like this this like theme or like the backdrop of like a cannibalism fetish it got really weird i stopped reading it because i was like this is just and like there was a bunch of back matter where the artist and writer the person who it was her book whatever she was like yeah this is stuff that i'm like into (laughs) and this is like i'm part of the subculture and i was like oh okay cool uh i don't know i guess i gotta go what do they Um, call what they call the cannibalism fetish it's like murph or something well there's vor vor that's it yeah I knew it was like that's a four-letter That's if you're <laughs> specifically Irish-American uh, <laughs> subculture. is called Murph. Yeah, Vore is like, you know, eating people alive, that kind of okay, thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't know, uh, not great. I saw a couple... The modern of, stuff doesn't do it for me. I saw an ad on Twitter the other day that was like, Vore, the, this like, you know, I, I can't even remember what they were advertising, but it was like, I don't know, like an exercise bike or some shit it's like you guys did not do enough googling on that name (laughs) (laughs) into your due diligence or maybe it's a subtle marketing tactic to be like we get a bunch of freaks to buy our exercise bike and they'll assume that they'll be able to consume humans if they write it easily attaches to your meat grinder (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh but speaking of speaking of an exercise bike that attaches to a meat grinder so those those uh comic books aaron kind of remind me of the saw movies where it's like Oh. Very kind of specific, like punishment, you know, whatever, and also like kind of yeah. puzzly, and then also with the horror kind of background. And I, I mean, I like those Saw movies more than I don't know your average horror movie because I feel like yeah. it's so much more concrete, and you and you get those like little bits that are like here's this this puzzle, or like the choice that somebody has to make is like clarified more than in a in a lot of horror yeah that was i think the brilliance of the first saw film is that it was tied to the horror was tied to that like you have to make a choice right and like the grisliness of having to saw your own leg off or whatever was almost secondary to like the horror of like what do you decide what are you gonna do here yeah um which is you know super fun and that that also seems to come from a different kind of horror kind of subculture which is 
plot twist based versus just yeah you know meandering dread whereas like you know there's you can thank scream for that yeah Mm -hmm. like where yeah and that kind of like cabin in the woods kind of thing where it's like it's not just they're not just like wandering around like running from something it's like there are beats and there are twists and there that that kind of thing yeah totally well it's a case where the the saw movies especially and we'll, we'll do movies and a little bit but the saw movies are the protagonist is the villain right yeah. whereas like in the other sort of major horror franchises like friday the 13th and never known street and so forth and halloween the protagonist is usually the survivors it's like Lori or you know what other like scream the final girls whatever right. and the even though you're coming to see you want to see jason and freddie do their thing the hero of saw is really jigsaw <laughs> like you're you're on his side for the most part especially uh, the further you go the, on yeah in the franchise there have been like Fucking fifteen of them now, or something. Yeah, ten just came out this this uh, Halloween. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the the backstory establishes like there's a reason why this guy is like someone that you should kind of like, even though they're doing horrible things, you're rooting for him in yeah. kind of a perverse way. Yeah. Uh, well, listeners, talk to us about your horror literature picks. Uh, you can email us those thoughts at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com and then go to Patreon patreon.com slash yakbabies where you can talk to us there we have a forum and everything while you're at Patreon you can if you want to subscribe to our Patreon podcast where we have a separate show where we do all kinds of fun stuff there that can't be on the main feed for various reasons they'll cost you a dollar all month that's all we're asking for and you can get all kinds of fun stuff there Brotobo conversations in-depth thoughts about jokes candy brackets there's all kinds of wacky antics happening in the Patreon that's worth it for sure and then of course we have our merch tiny URL.com slash yakbabies where you can get posters, mugs, t-shirts, all designed by Brick. There's new designs up recently that are all really funny as Brick took a dive into AI art and produced some true horrors. So check those out. Until then, Yak Babies, yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Oh.